With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. We're doing this. Hello and welcome to the Pants Party. I am your host, Harrison Starr. Joined as always by Ben Ross and joined not as always by my wife and child, who you may hear in the background from time to time as we have the basketball game coming up here in a minute. Ben, what an after party this will be after the Iowa Hawkeyes win 26 to 20 against Nebraska uh, in a game that didn't always feel great, but ultimately a win. Oh, there it is. Um, just like we often feel with this Iowa team, sort of can't believe what I just saw. Uh, it just felt like again and again and again, we were trying to hand the game to Nebraska, do our best chance uh, of a little bit of goodwill on this holiday weekend and uh, give something to the, to the needy, to, to a, a group of people that could really use a W right now. And you know what? I am super happy. I was able to play Grinch and um be a little bit mean of a bigger brother and hide you know hide the wishbone uh so to speak at the end of the day and uh i don't know if you already mentioned six in a row but it just feels good and happy happy thanksgiving happy scott frost day oh and three against iowa um just uh, you know uh, in a world in a time where things really don't feel normal I'm glad we can always have Iowa beating Nebraska as our what what's the word? Uh wavelength normalcy. What is what is the bellwether? I don't know. Just what resets word? us. Yeah. It, it reminds us that, you know, life is pretty good sometimes. Um mm-hmm. I, I think it's funny because there was a moment in the podcast earlier this week where I was like, I welcome uh, whatever might come if Nebraska beats beats Iowa. And you said Easy Tiger, and that is the beer that I am drinking because it <laughs> is. <laughs> I am being an Easy Tiger. It was a tremendous win. Like you said, it, it was at points almost grasping uh, defeat from the jaws of victory. But, um, you know, unlike the last two games where Iowa – uh, at least last two games against Nebraska, where Iowa really kind of had those games in hand for large part and then uh, let Nebraska sneak back into it. This time, um, it, it was much different uh, in terms of Iowa getting down in the second half. They gave up uh, the dangerous kind of 14 points um, around the two minutes of um, halftime and really uh, – they they just kind of got back to what Iowa football is with the 14-play, 66-yard drive um, that tied it up at 20. And then, um, you know, the good old white knuckles special teams victory to the end with a couple field goals. Um, uh, Torrey Taylor doing his stuff. Terry Roberts doing his stuff. Keith Duncan doing his stuff. A 51-yarder is tough, but um, I think it was the right call there, Ben. I think that might be really when we look at decisions that – Kirk Ferentz made that might have been um, 
a potentially dangerous one. But as always, the Iowa Hawkeye defense there to put out fires like your kitchen uh, kitchen fire extinguisher here on Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's hard to not be happy. We got an Iowa basketball game just about to come up and you know, it, it's, we, we, we saved the nitpicking for Monday. Um, but man, it, it does feel good right now. I mean, you have, we always talk about, uh, you know, and, and Phil Parker, we trust, and it, it really did feel like, you know, the fir- first half felt, I don't know, we're, we're as down on the silo offense as much as anybody, but it really did feel like, even though these are definitely not two prize fighters, these were two, it felt like two fighters, at least on Iowa's end, uh, filling each other out in the first half. I mean, I, I don't think anybody was happy with much of the play calling going on in the first half, but and even I think we even had a little bit of revisionist history, a little bit of truth ring last week about how Iowa actually isn't a great, you know, second half adjustment team, at least on the offensive side of the ball. Um, <clears throat> but it, it seemed that way, at least on the defensive side, Phil Parker. I mean, Nebraska only scored 13 in the first half. So you, you, you have to be a little bit happy with that. Um and eventually we just sort of thought that the offense would catch up and did they really, I don't know, maybe the defense even overperformed a little bit in the second half, but you know, you're not going to really find me grousing over, over much um, with the game. You know, there are two major points I maybe would like to talk about uh, on Monday, but, but for now, you, you know, I'm, you know, when's a win. The, my biggest grouch gripe actually is a personal one. I built a prison. Let me just say, I built a prison of my own making today, and I texted a friend, and I, for the first time since March, reopened an account for a thing that people shouldn't be doing when I saw Iowa giving away 13 points, and I'm the idiot. But, you know, uh, Ben Ross and Associates had a, has had a pretty good 2020, all things considered. Uh, otherwise, and that's why we don't bet boys and girls and I'm fine. If that's what I have to pay for an Iowa win. Just a, a unit or two. That's totally fine. Yeah. The thing that concerned me about the betting line, and I think there are some statistics, what, what did it eventually close out? Was it like 14 and a half or 13? I, I, I got it at 13. Um, other, most places had it at 14. That's why I jumped because I knew I had the opportunity option to get it at 13. So that, that is why. So I'm a sucker. I'm a huge sucker. Yeah, I mean, I I think there are some statistics that actually back up the underdog in that situation, not only as against the spread with Iowa specifically, but also um, winning straight up. Uh, I think once that, I feel really good when Iowa is a seven, eight, nine point favorite, but once it hits double digits, then it's like, ooh, this is kind of the point where... Um, I worry that Kirk Ferentz knows that he's the better team. And I think that, you know, I, when we look at the box score, it is pretty even, you know, looking at it, you have 195 yards to 193 Nebraska passing versus Iowa rushing 143 Nebraska, um, 129 Iowa. It evens out a little bit when you include the, uh, or it gets even more drastic for Nebraska, but you know, th- 3.8 yards per carry. That's a that's a winning number, especially with this Nebraska team, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, 
versus 2.9 for Iowa, which is not. But I think that when when Kirk Ferentz thinks that he has the much better team, he just really goes into his shell from uh, an offensive game planning standpoint. The um, Wildcat was gone. Um, uh, yeah, the, didn't see it once, right? Right. Uh, the jet sweep um, was gone. There was just one ran it. attempt at it. Yeah. <laughs> And honestly, in a way, like I was kind of surprised that Nebraska didn't totally empty uh, the kitchen or throw everything in with the kitchen sink because we just saw that one kind of like uh, option um, reverse type of thing, and it was could have been much worse. Um, you know, not not much in terms of like yeah, oh double passes with McCaffrey's like. But here's the thing: like this was in a way like. The, the deep balls, uh, I don't know if you can feel more confident in a pass not going uh, 20 yards in the air and being caught with these two teams um, because, my gosh, it was, in that sense, a little bit of a pillow fight. A little bit of a pillow fight is uh, understatement. Oh, I love I love referring to uh, football games as pillow fights. Sorry, um, it, it was anything but. But I mean, yeah, like from I know, uh, it moving the ball down the field, it was like, oh golly, it was a physical game. Um, which uh, you know, it's totally be expected. But even more so, maybe that speaks to a relatively I don't know what the over was. Uh, relatively low scoring game, I suppose. Maybe it speaks to the cornerback play of either team, but. Uh, you know, honestly, uh, we can maybe just distill it down. And I, I hate doing that. Or I don't hate doing this, but you know, just go. It just it just shows how, um, you know, maybe Nebraska was outclassing Iowa in a couple positions. Maybe uh, even they ran a couple of plays better than Iowa. But it just showed that really. And I don't. Th- and I I truly think there is a big gap in talent uh, between the teams. Uh, maybe certain position groups Nebraska has an edge on Iowa. But I think there's a huge gap on certain positions of the coaching staff um, between the two teams. And that really, really showed itself today from head coach to maybe not offensive coordinator, but to defensive coordinator and especially special teams. You know, we have to even somebody texted me today, like out of the blue, like who is Iowa special teams coach, (laughs) which like. Has anybody ever texted that question who wasn't a prospective special teams coach? <laughs> um, no, I, yeah, yeah, no, it's, I mean, Iowa from a special teams perspective, just, I don't know why I'm continually astonished by what they, they do. Charlie Jones, once again, just a magician in the back. He scared the heck out of Nebraska's punter, which they ended up averaging under 40 per and Tory, I mean, this is kind of the set of the game. Iowa, with the field position they had, was moving the ball. Tory Taylor had just two punts, eighty-one yards total, and the shorter of the two, it was you know, it two, was a two-yarder kick at the two-yard yeah, line, down to the two-yard line, and Iowa punted. And his other one was uh, <laughs> a turnover. Like I well, mean, unbelievable. Yeah. And Iowa punted from its own thirty-seven. It was a, as far as I'm concerned. Excuse me, that's a surrender punt. Um, from the plus 37. <laughs> and then wasn't that Terry Roberts? Was that his second recovery of a muff punt on the year? It was. I thought it was his first because he's just, but he's down there all the time. Like, I have. Right. He's so good. He is maybe on this team 
after Davion Nixon and Tory Taylor, the best player at his job is Terry Roberts. I, I was Gunner. Like <laughs> he is an elite special teams talent. Um, and, and I'm glad that he's on because like he's a defensive back. We've seen um, guys I mean, who don't be playing corner next year, probably. Maybe. Maybe. Or is he, yeah. Uh, um, I think he's, he might be a, a redshirt g- sophomore. So mm-hmm. maybe may cracking the, the true depth charts out of it for him just because of um, the other people that Iowa has, but man, special teams, uh, a, a 37-yard punt inside of the five-yard line, and then uh, a turnover. Nothing nothing better than that, Ben. What a hit rate. As we continue our four straight minutes of special teams talk, um, what I really would have liked to see was them putting Charlie Jones, where Sam Laporta was, on kickoffs to screw with them because they were kicking it to the 35 on the kickoffs, and – you could have really hurt the team. I mean, even the Porta on one, he fair caught one, and he had ten yards of cushion <laughs> on, on. I think uh, in the second half. Um, so I mean, that being the biggest nit to pick, fine, fine by me. Would have loved to seen a cover, but three in a row, <laughs> and three in a row over over Nebraska, and who knows if Scott Frost will get? An, I don't know what his buyout is. Who knows if he'll get another chance at beating Iowa again, or losing to Iowa rather. I. I don't know. Like, I mean, because who, who do they have next? I, I guess that's a question. Not that Does we're in matter? the Bradford podcast. It doesn't matter. They're doesn't one, matter? In, one in four, right? And uh, maybe they have Minnesota. But Minnesota is on a COVID break, so they they might miss them. And uh, I don't know. Like, it's just wild. Ooh, Luca with the three. Oh, yeah, I, I mean, it's I, like, I, I, I don't know what's going to happen with with Scott Frost. It's it's just kind of amazing that Iowa is going to go from just continuing to do what they do 5 and 2, no 4 and 2, and it's like man, Illinois and maybe a down Wisconsin team, it feels like I don't know. You know, now it's like ah, a very exciting 6 and 2. Hard to be mad at that. I'll try, I'm sure, but I mean, we'll what, find a way. Uh, well, I mean, if if we continue to see the quarterback play that we do, it's just like, what What would this team have looked like if they had a, a really, really good quarterback or even just Not an really, above really replacement one? If we had fucking Nate Stanley again, like, would you ever find yourself to be wishing for Nate Stanley? It's a conversation for Monday, but like, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a fair tease, but it's Friday. We have, as we mentioned, uh, when Iowa beat Minnesota, we have the whole weekend to enjoy a win over a rival. And frankly, there, there's no better way than I'd rather spend it than, than knowing that Iowa once again is superior to Nebraska. So Ben, I, I, I leave with you with uh, any closing thoughts you have as I am distracting myself uh, between the podcast and the game. Ooh, Joe Wieskamp 3-6-0. Ooh, Joe Wiesy. Nope. Uh, no more beers in heaven. I'm about to go beat my family in Catan. Uh, to have ourselves a nice little Friday. Absolutely. So let's table that Catan dis- discussion for uh, Monday. Uh, there was a funny tweet I want to talk with, talk about you, talk about with you. Um, man, this this child yeah, is getting me in terms of sleep dep- deprivation. So uh, that's it for today. Uh, go Hawks. And as always, fuck Nebraska. Was that it?